We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. It went Nathan Bow quiet on me. You never go Nathan Bow. Welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I, as seemingly never, am your host, Eric Birdsloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by a fellow editor of this podcast, a task that brings me great joy and lets Nathan and Dan do absolutely nothing but record a show. Uh, we have Justin Peak, our editor on the show. So it's it's the behind the scenes guys that really run this podcast on right now, Justin. Yeah, we got the real talent here. There's, they're just the voices. We're the back end that make it all actually sound good. Yeah, and we don't even get our own dressing room like those guys. It's kind of ridiculous. Right. <laughs> Luckily, they don't really need makeup or anything. But <laughs> oh, they definitely do. <laughs> definitely do. Well, I, if you listen to the show last week, I love that they alluded to like who was going to be the guest host. Like you had any doubt that it was me or Russell Clay? It is definitely was definitely 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 going to be one of the two of us. So I'm thrilled to be back on the show taking over for these guys, not getting paid to do it. So that's fabulous. So you'll know 
that I'm really committed to you guys. Even Justin's getting paid to edit the show. Not me. <laughs> not me. I am here as a volunteer out of good goodwill and good faith. And I just love the listeners so much, you know. Justin, I guess, are you excited to be on the show? This is your first time in the front of the camera. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. This is my first time actually being on a podcast at all. So I'm blessed hashtag blessed to Dude, you, found, you found the right way in it's definitely <laughs> someone's podcast and wait for them to be absent that is 100 percent right. the correct in hey i'll take whatever i can get nice man so i guess i just got to know you so i guess tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself i think they know all about me but i guess <laughs> tell them a little bit about yourself kind of your dynasty background and uh what you're all about in this industry I've been playing Dynasty for seven years, uh, fantasy football for a couple of years longer than that. So I originally was a big college football fan. I grew up, I lived in Jacksonville in 95 when they created the Jags. So I was a big fan of them. We were really great the first few years. And then we moved to Texas, so I never got to watch them on TV. They were never live, um, on the local stations anyway. So I kind of fell out of the NFL. And when I started dating my now wife, she was a big Steelers fan, only watched the NFL. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to start playing fantasy football to try to get me like in the NFL instead of college. Nice. And, and then now it's taken over my life. Uh, you know, I'm in uh, over a dozen leagues every year and then have, you know, different survivor things and other, other stuff going on. And it's you know, all I talk about to most of my coworkers and, you know, she's a little bit frustrated now a lot of times that <laughs> I, I, I started it for her, but. Now you're just, now you're just on Twitter a hundred percent of the time, like not talking to her. She's like, what have I created? Luckily that's what, that's the only thing I use Twitter for really anyone. Like I only started it to start following guys and that's almost anything I ever post now is either, I guess I, I did post the other day about some college baseball, the hogs. One our super regional going to Omaha for the College World Series, but I'm from Arkansas, by the way. Yeah, for anybody that didn't hey, know that, so. I, I, little known fact, also from Arkansas, was grew up there for 16 <laughs> years. So you're you're in good company here. You're in good company. A couple there country you boys hanging out. You're you've kept the accent together though. I I, I lost <laughs> that thing when I moved to Maryland, like faster than I'd like to admit. Right. <laughs> I sound a little more country right now because my voice with. I haven't been at the Super Regionals. It's a little bit more horse than normal. <laughs> I mean, it sounds fun to me. I mean, I'm yeah. used to being on a podcast with Nathan, so it is not worth <laughs> it. It's not possible. Your audio is actually good. It looks like your internet might work, which is a huge win. <laughs> uh, last week's, I, I love the last week, like, outtakes that you stuck on the show, because that right. is so much of our reality when we were to record this show, is, like, Nathan cutting out and uh, me and Dan just sitting around joking that he was dead. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much what it was. So, all right, before I get too much further, let's, um, what, if you guys are listening to the show and want to support the show, Justin does a ton of work for us. He, he does do all the editing for the show after I kind of stepped away, which is a lot, you know, it helps Nathan and Dan do absolutely nothing other than be a part of the show. Uh, so make sure you follow him on Twitter. It's J peak FF. That's P E E K. Uh, get him up to fall. You got 370. I mean that you can get to a thousand by like tomorrow for sure. After the show, I <laughs> out about that. So get, make sure you go out and check him out. And then make sure you either get at me at Twitter, get at us on Twitter, I'm not me. Let us know how much you like the show more than when Nathan and Dan did the show. And then maybe Justin and I will have a spinoff show uh, with <laughs> all the editors of Fantasy Football or something like that. All right, well, let's actually talk about some fantasy football here, Justin. And I, I posed the question on Twitter today, and, and I did like kind of ask 
people for topic ideas and very quickly got a pretty good one. Um, that is discussing very difficult to evaluate players, uh, what we're calling tough to value players. And so we've got a list and actually I asked the question on Twitter and got just an outpouring of interest and an outpouring of, of names. So let me just open at the beginning by apologizing ahead of time. If you gave us a player that you thought was hard to evaluate, I will try to get to you in the actual chat. But um, if we don't get to it here, my immense apologies. There's just only an hour for us to talk. So, uh, and we want to do each player justice. So uh, without further ado, I've got a big list here. So maybe what we'll do here, Justin, is we'll do a snake draft. How's that? You can have the 101. So you'll pick <laughs> the first player we talk about. And then I'll pick the second player we talk about and then the third player. And then you'll pick fourth, fifth, et cetera, et cetera. Or, do, or I mean, we could do auction too, if you want to like do an right. auction between each one. <laughs> I do love the auction though. It does take a lot more time. So we may that is true. fit that yeah, in. If we stop to auction every time, that would be <laughs> probably not the most effective use of time. All right. I, with the 101, who do you want to talk about as far as a player you think is tough to value and want to chat through that? I'll go ahead and talk Todd Gurley. Obviously, he's uh, pretty tough to value right now. One of the one of the first names that came to my mind whenever that, that topic got brought up, you know, just obviously the injury and keeping him out of the play- fantasy playoffs last year definitely put a, a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths that had uh, been able to use him all year and get to the playoffs and then uh, had to suffer suffer without him. A lot of one seeds going down. Um, so yeah, it definitely pretty brutal. Right. <laughs> His value. Uh, so I'm in a, a Superflex mock draft right now that he fell at 302 in that, that literally probably an hour ago finally got selected. Yeah. Um, which is which is significantly lower. If you're looking at his ADP <laughs> right now, he's more like right now the June ADP lists him as going as the 201 in a 12 team startup. I, I concur with you. I think the value is starting to fall even further. People are very skeptical. And I think just to get on top of what you were talking about, I think it's an excellent choice of our first player to talk about. Just because when when I asked this question, it seems like he was probably the most mentioned name, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll ask of you, Justin, is like if he's going near the third round or in the third round of startups, is that evaluation that you think is fair? I mean, what what are you what what's your personal take on him? How are you treating him? Because I think there's a number of buyers, a number of sellers, a number of holders, a number of very confused people out there. Oh, he's definitely one that, you know, there'll be some names on the list that are hard to move right now. Gurley's one of those that if if you're valuing him differently than necessarily like that that 201 it's pretty easy to uh, to move him you'll find somebody out of you know 10 or 12 people in your league yeah. that will go ahead and value him you know kind of there so that's the nice part is like i said it's not like some of the other guys we may talk about where people are scared to to buy him they're probably going to end up buying him low but if you're ranking him lower you know you're probably going to be able to go ahead and find that price point to move him if that's that's your prerogative and I, I, I've seen that a lot as well. It's pretty much in, in, I don't know, in I play in probably 10 leagues. I've got four off the top of my head that I can think of that the girly owner is either actively shopping or has already shopped and made a deal um, of varying different trades that like went from fair market value of like two firsts to like the absolutely ridiculous. Right. I, I think I think just with this much buzz and just historically – people overreact to these sorts of things. Uh, right. The fact that he was out all last last postseason is really fresh in everybody's mind. And all these, uh, they drafted Daryl Anderson in the, in the third round. There's all this hype about him. 
And there's all this like concern that if Gurley loses his bell cow role, that he's not going to be as valuable. I tend to think Gurley's probably a buy. And that take could be horribly wrong. He could be, <laughs> he could, he seriously could be. And I think what everybody's scared of is him being like Calvin Johnson or Gronk, like being like injured to an extent that like this upper echelon player who you think's a little bit invincible ends up just being a shell of themselves and their career kind of fizzles out afterwards. I think that's most certainly in the range of outcomes, but also in the range of outcomes is if this guy's getting 12 carries a game, he's going to be getting you a lot of fantasy points, even if that, and that's his like reduced workload, best right. case scenario for Daryl Henderson. That's probably one of the worst case scenarios for Todd Gurley, aside from one of those catastrophic ones. So for me, it's probably a little bit too cheap to be selling, to be buying him um, like a third round startup valuation. I think I'm much more, I'm much more middle of the second front of the second. And I think the reason I do that is largely because of the ceiling here that we know nothing about Daryl Henderson. He is an insurance policy. And I think, uh, I think that is what the Rams were intending to do with it. But if, if Todd Gurley does show up and he blows up week one, well, surprise, guess what? He's going to be valued again in that first round in a hurry. Uh, and then there would be conversations about him being the one one overall uh, if he has another season, bell cow season. So I think that the the upside for Gurley is one one valuation. I mean, we've quickly forgotten about – Dynasty Twitter has such a short memory. And we'll right. talk about this on a couple of these players. But guys like Josh Gordon climbing back up to the first. Guys like Le'Veon Bell climbing back into the first round. It's Our, our memories are just so short for these situations. And, and just running backs are so scarce and the talent is unquestionable. So that's kind of my take on him. And I think if if you have a skittish owner in your league buying him, just understand that there is a risk associated with it, obviously. Yeah, and I definitely think, I mean, and this will go for basically everybody that's on this list, somebody that's hard to value, make sure that you're shopping. I, I have seen some of those deals like you're talking about where where it's just been stupid cheap. You yeah. know, I had one. And it was basically just he put it out there that he wanted to trade Gurley. Uh, never even really said, like, I'm moving him no matter what. And then he just took, like, one of the first offers, and it was crazy cheap. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Like, I didn't realize you were you know, that desperate to move him or I'd have made an offer. It's one of those throw in an offer just in case the guy that does own him is scared. And if you have him and you're looking to sell him, make sure don't take the first one look and see especially i mean at least the first one if it's cheap if you the first offer you get is actually a pretty good you know right there at the beginning of the second value then you know that's probably fair but if you're getting somebody that's offering you a third or fourth round you know kind of value for it definitely at least look around try to see if somebody else will give you more because somebody probably will yeah i think that's a a very fair point as we get into these players and, and move down the list that all of these players, when there is, like as you said, when people are questionable about value, that the values range from, I absolutely hate this guy and want him off my team immediately, to, okay, I am not sure what to do with him, to, I'm I'm still very bullish, but, so I'm going to hold on to him. So you have to feel out what that is. But yeah, the number of leagues where people are like, yeah, just get him off my roster. I don't want this liability. I just think that's a really poor way to run your dynasty team yeah. is being scared of any risk is a poor way to run a dynasty team. I think that having some risk, risk management on your dynasty team is as important as it is in life is having no risk means you, you never ever hit a home run and never ever, you know, you're just hitting singles your entire life, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, like having too much risk is making sure you're striking out every time. So, or hitting a home run here and there. So that's probably a bad analogy, but I think having, (laughs) 
having players on your team that are higher risk and players on your team that are safer bets with 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 like just a high floor i think is is key and a way to like keep a dynasty team building the gap factory labor day sale is happening now hurry in for the best deals of the season 40 to 75 percent off everything plus doorbusters august 30th through september 2nd only tees from 4.99 logo styles from 16.99 and jeans from 19.99 shop in store today at gap factory or at gapfactory.com the gap factory labor day sale is happening now hurry in for the best deals of the season 40 to 75 percent off everything plus doorbusters august 30th through september 2nd only tees from 4.99 logo styles from 16.99 and jeans from 19.99 shop in store today at gap factory or at gapfactory.com. All right, I'll go ahead and pick uh, pick a name out of the hat now that I get next one. So I will follow with an equally difficult name in my eyes, and probably the second most listed name that we got, and that's going to be Tyreek Hill, a player who I think it's fair to say that nobody's on board with what he did personally. But as we get further and further away from that incident happening, that people are starting to come out of the closet a little bit, so to speak, to buy Tyreek or to, to the, this value is starting to creep up. Um, so what are you doing with Tyreek in your leagues, Justin? Do you own him anywhere? And and just for reference point, he, he fell very, very far. He was in, I believe, the first round of last month before this whole thing, or right around the first round startup. He is now the 66th overall pick. Yeah, I think it was April where he was still in the first round, and then uh, both May and June. Yeah, he's right there, 65 to 70. And honestly, I mean, that's probably where I see him getting traded a lot. I actually don't own him anywhere. It it wasn't even uh, anything where I, I didn't like him coming out. I just never ended up uh, getting a chance to draft him. Part of it, you know, living in Arkansas, some of my leagues are with local people. A lot of them are Chiefs fans, and so I ended up just not able to get many Chiefs on my roster. I don't have Kelsey. I think I'm in one league, actually. But Those, uh, those, so, fan, those fans, those homers yeah. in your league, why did yeah. they have to be Chiefs fans? Why couldn't they be <laughs> Arizona Cardinal fans? <laughs> but, yeah, so it worked out, you know, kind of with this. Like, I didn't own them anywhere, so I, yeah, that value drop didn't really affect me. You know, obviously, like I said, you had the stuff going on personally and new news coming out this last like weekend where, you know, apparently the the police did decide that he, the broken bone was not from any either of them. But there were other things that happened that, you know, that's not to say a crime wasn't committed. It just wasn't the, the broken bone that was the issue. But either way. I mean, we do have history of these types of situations Mm -hmm. Um, with obviously Ray Rice being the one that comes to mind of never, ever playing again, again, being the worst case scenario. I don't with, with the police clearing this, I don't see that being the case. I see this as a suspension that's going to come down. Um, The chiefs are, the chiefs have held onto him. So I think they have some knowledge in the background of what's going to happen. You already see somebody like Kareem Hunt's value starting to creep back up. Another guy that we might hint to hint and talk about later. (laughs) This is, Again, and I mentioned it with Todd Gurley, but the short-term memory of dynasty owners, if Tyreek starts performing, if he is, say he's suspended for four games and he starts performing week five, week six, that quickly everybody's going to be out trying to acquire him. So I think as somebody who's kind of the opposite of what you were describing, I, I had pretty, I have Tyreek pretty much everywhere. I made a point of going out and buying him last offseason. So the news that he was a complete scumbag, which while <laughs> not being surprising, was a little upsetting. But I did not sell in a single place. And I think that that was, and I even think before the last podcast I did, I was of the mindset, get him off your roster where, however possible. I'm not of that mindset anymore. I think that 
if you have an ethical dilemma, if you are an owner who is not comfortable with having a person like that on your team, that's totally respectable. But it's it's a game of fantasy football where there's a lot of really not good dudes who we're drafting every every time we play. Um, so uh, Tyreek Hill is one of these players that I'm going to continue to hold on to. And if somebody's letting go for nothing, if he, if the suspension does come down, then I think there's con- there there will be some concern. So I do actually, like I said, as somebody who is buying who has Tyreek in a ton of leagues, this is another player who just I continually get offers and the spectrum for these offers is typically bad, but it, it I mean it varies from decent to absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I think uh, I, I went and pulled up Tyreek in the trade finder and the last few days uh, I, I think his his value in those trades has definitely come up. I had seen one it wasn't in the trade finder, but I had seen one where it was a twenty twenty second uh, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks oh, ago. Yeah. And there, yeah. there was ones where people were dumping them for thirds. I mean, yeah. there, was, there were trades across my timeline that have, have varied. I think that when the dust settles here, we're going to see him back in the third round. And then I think once he comes off, and I think he's still even a buy at that from a pure football standpoint. Like I said, he's he's if he ex, if he excels, Josh Gordon continued to happen. He's con, like, I cannot express to you this enough. He, he bounced back into the first round. I want to say it's like four times. I actually wrote an article on this and I don't write that many articles, but like truly it's absurd how many times good news came out. There was hype and they would climb back into the first round. Tyreek's the same type of talent. He's that right. he could be the best wide receiver in the league. And I don't think that dynasty owners are going to forget that. So if there is a situation where you can buy him relatively cheap, I would do so if you are an owner of Tyreek Hill and you're like, I'm not real sure what to do. I would not be selling. I don't think that I'm not even sure that I mean, selling for two firsts might do it for me, but I think that's mm-hmm. probably the lowest bar that I'd want for Hill. And I, and that may sound crazy. That's like hot take city here. <laughs> it's just the ceiling is so outrageous that if he manages to not be a scumbag, then, then you have a first round, a young first round wide receiver in startups and he's on your team and he's worth three firsts at that point. Yeah, and I definitely think – I mean, there's plenty of guys out there that may be uh, – even even without necessarily abuse, that may be scumbags, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're guilty. Uh, yeah, I know. Where I mean, they're going to get suspensions and everything. They're going to be on the field. And there's so many of them, like I said, even if they don't actually have uh, these events come up uh, that are scumbags or, or – you know, I, I try to play the game and reserve some judgment. I try to see the good in people and, you know, but – it definitely, you know, when you're looking at, at NFL players, these aren't necessarily uh, a lot of them great role models, but we're not playing them for role models. We're playing them for points. Yeah, I mean, there's truth to that too. So, all right, let's go ahead and I will pick another player off the list here. Uh, so far, I've got two buys of both very talented people in questionable situations. Um, I will go ahead and choose – I'll choose – one of Dan's personal favorite individuals. And I think that we can pivot a little bit to talk about just the entire backfield altogether. Cause I think somebody did bring up the entire backfield in the Twitter discussions. Uh, but Jarek McKinnon is a player um, who I personally have been having a very difficult time assessing in value. I have no real clue what to do with him, what he's worth. I, I bought him in a couple of places when he was injured last season. And now I, I nobody's coming up to knock on the door and I'm not, real sure that I want him on my team, but at the same time, I'm not, I, this is a player that I legitimately, I'm not sure I could put together cohesive thoughts on which direction I want to go. So hopefully you can, Justin. 
He's definitely one, you know, I mean, I, I like Coleman. Uh, Coleman's actually, some uh, in the depth charts that I've seen, McKinnon's ahead. But uh, Coleman's actually uh, ahead in ADP. And it's a tough choice between those two. One of them's going to be productive, most likely. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is, I mean, that's definitely where it's not necessarily is McKinnon or is Coleman talented. It's which one of them is really going to be, be producing. And like with Gurley and Henderson, I could see both of them. You know, uh, Henderson has uh, enough of that, you know, open space stuff that I think they both can produce. I'm not really sure that, that McKinnon and Coleman can, can quite be that tandem um, like that. And it's definitely going to be something that, there's a, a low floor for both of them. Uh, there's a, a yeah. you know, like I said, that range of outcomes is that either one of them could end up being that, you know, RB three or four on your team that barely, you know, makes a flex position. And that's where I see him valued too. I mean, like I said, right around that ninth, 10th, 10th round startup range. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's, that's actually, he's, he's in the, it looks like he's going in the 11th round right now of startups. Um, just to name some players around him at the moment. I mean, you've got a couple of rookies in Dev- Devin Singletary, Adam Isabella, or Andy is- Isabella, Jordan Howard's right there. Hakeem Butler's right there. I'm like looking for other running backs. There's really not, it looks like actually there's probably, there's pretty slim pickings here running back wise. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the more like second round rookie picks, which seems to be about the valuation of what McKinnon's going for. Yeah, and, and just to kind of outline the depth chart in case the listeners don't have it handy, there are some <laughs> other other players who have been productive on this running back depth chart and Matt Breida and, and uh, Raheem Monster. So all four of these guys have shown to be productive at one point in their career. So I'm not – I think until we start to get this sorted out, I'm not sure that there's a lot of value here. And I think – I guess – I'm of the mindset that I am not sure that Jerick Mc, Jerick McKinnon is going to happen. Um, he is, he's been just the metrics darling for a very, very long time. And, and I think we're getting to the point where if he moves to another location, he's already 27. If he moves to another location, which it kind of seems like he might with the way this depth chart starting to shake up that if he does, I just don't know where the value is. So I'm personally, I think going to be investing more interested in investing in, in these rookie upside picks, if you could give me uh, if you could give me JJ Whiteside from Philly, if you give me the option of McKinnon or him, I'm going to take the upside of Whiteside every time. So that's kind of where I think if you choose an upside player, I think that that's a fine way to go about it. Um, if you're choosing somebody like another player around there is like Latavius Murray, I think that's a really terrible idea. Again, it's all about which players you're targeting, where going for a higher upside play in this particular range, I think is key. And McKinnon really is that. He's kind of a dart throw because you're really kind of banking on an injury here to to that backfield to Coleman so that he is getting the the vast majority of these carries. Or you're hoping that the the Niners like wheel out some outrageous offense that has four running backs on the field at a time, which don't <laughs> hold your breath. What are your thoughts? Are you, are you of the mind? So you, do you think he, you were saying you think he's like ninth or 10th round or you, so you're of the mindset at the 11th round valuation, you're buying him there. I'd probably go ahead. I mean, you know, if it is between JJ and him, yeah, I, I'd probably agree. I'd rather, I think he has more upside than McKinnon has. Yeah. And, and I, I, think, I think the, 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 that ranking is a little bit out of date because JJ's definitely climbed since probably this ADP has been released. 
But yeah, I, I mean, I'd say they're at the 11th. He's definitely, I, I feel comfortable taking him there. I mean, all of your 11th round players are, you know, can be some of those dart throws. You know, hopefully you've got uh, with your, you know, first 10 picks or at least that, that range of values on your, on your team, you've got somebody that you can rely on to, yeah. you know, be somebody stable. And then, and then you can take some of those upside guys. Like you were saying earlier too, it's definitely something with kind of roster construction that you don't want to have all upside guys. You know, you want to have some stability if you're going to pair them with that upside. And, you know, you don't necessarily want all stable either. Totally. You, know, you want to kind of have, you don't mix. want all rookies. You don't want all veterans. Exactly. The, the so. balance, balance variety is the flavor of life. Flavor of life? I don't think that's the saying, but um, somewhere Dan Sanio is screaming into his microphone, telling <laughs> us, asking if this thing's on and wondering why we're not responding to all of his love for McKinnon. I actually don't know if he still is on board loving McKinnon, but there's definitely a time where he did. So, okay. So before we get, before I let you make your, your next pick here, um, I do want to remind everyone that they can get a listener's only 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content. And best of all, it supports this very podcast where I'm not getting paid. It supports this one. Help Dan, Nathan, Justin, it's sweet. Uh, and all the guys who make great talk content on Rotoviz Radio. And as a thank you for your awesome support, we have a Rotoviz NFL Pass to give away. All you need to do to enter is to, uh, to subscribe to and rate the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Uh, do us a solid and hit the rate button. And in doing so, you gain an entry to our giveaway. Each Rotoviz podcast you rate and review will count as an entry. So you can rate and review. I believe we have nine shows now. You can rate and review all of them for nine entries. Uh, the more reviews, the more chances you get. Uh, and another cool thing, if any current Rotoviz subscriber wins, they will have an additional year added to their subscription. So there is literally not a reason to not join, other than like maybe you don't understand how to rate and review podcasts, which I know you do. I've read the I've read the scathing reviews of Nathan Powell's audio in this particular podcast, uh, <laughs> iTunes. So uh, the winner will be announced on the upcoming on an upcoming show. So rate and review the Rotoviz Network. Um, so that's the Rotoviz Radio Network on iTunes. You can search that. We have our own channel. Don't you can rate and review that too, but rate and review the Rotoviz overall channel as well um, on iTunes to enter now. So good luck to you guys. All right, right. you're on the clock, sir. It is now uh, time for you to make a pick of a player that you personally can't really value. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I am a Jags fan, so even though I've got some bias here, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about Leonard Fournette. I do think that a lot of last year um, I've gotten in, in some heated discussions before about how much uh, offensive line matters uh, to the entire offense. And we had, uh, we as in the Jags had so many injuries last year. Yeah, not even just at offensive line, but at tight end just had no blocking. I, I really don't think that helped his just his production uh, as well as his durability. I do have some concerns uh, with the kind of off the field and his kind of attitude with the team and how they're feeling about him. Yep. So I do still have some concerns. Um, I, I do think, you know, assuming that, that the Jags offensive line is healthy again this year, that he can produce again. Uh, but, but that is, like I said, the biggest thing is just that he actually stays on the field. You know, whether, like I said, it's, it's because of those injuries that he's just kind of naggingly had or, or some of those off the field stuffs and, and, you know, keeping the team happy and wanting to, wanting to keep them out there. 
he's somebody I do like. I, I do own a couple places. I do, uh, you know, like his, his current valuation, you know, going basically the end of the third round. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to buy him there. I've seen him fall into the fourth. I'll, I'll grab him everywhere I can there. I also recognize that there is quite a bit of bias there. So uh, I'll go ahead and defer to you on some opinion as well. Yeah, Fournette's a guy, and he was one of my personal favorites, and a guy I have on a ton of teams. And this was one that I was always the defender of Fournette on this show, and I was always the one who said, well, he's got he's got workload, so he's got value. And as he started to show more and more off-field, and some in some cases on-field stupidity, mm-hmm. that, I, that I started to kind of – get, I guess, a glimpse into probably the person who he is. And in that, I, I don't know that I liked what I saw. And, and just, and I don't mean that in like, I wouldn't be buddies with him, but in like, I'm not sure I trust him to put his career first in decisions that he's making off the field or even on the field. So, and it doesn't necessarily see when, when you have, when you have like uh, Tom Coughlin co- coming out and in a press conference has to say that he has full confidence in you. It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous because you're out there saying that because it's obvious you don't have full confidence in him. If you have to say that, I think it's clear that you don't. So the one thing that, that Fournette has going for him is there is really nobody else that's going to come take his job. There's Alfred Blue, uh, Thomas Rawls, Benny Cunningham, uh, Raquel Armstead, who's probably the most likely to come for that job. I don't know. Maybe Blue is. Regardless, there's nobody there that's able to do bell cow things. And so I I think that Fournette is going to get another year just of feasting. Uh, But I do worry about his long-term valuation. So I guess what I'll say is, like, if he switches teams, I, I, I have serious concerns. And he runs a little bit too much like Trent Richardson for me. Is that he makes me feel he's he's he feel, for being like the strongest dude ever. He does many times feel like he's plodding around the field. So for me, Fournette's probably where he should be at like the beginning of the third round. I think that's the right place for him to be. He's still very young. So I guess I'll, my I'll, I'll give you my actions. And I haven't moved Fournette, and I haven't been trying to move Fournette. Um, and anytime I'm selling him, I'm selling him for this valuation or better. Um, so I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to get out from under him, but I am, if I have Fournette everywhere, like I did, I'm trying to diversify that a little bit because I think that there is a significant chance that Fournette's value going into this upcoming off season is much lower. Yeah, I, I did have him in, in, uh, four leagues last year out of, uh, nine and I did go ahead and move him in. I, th- I think I only have him in two now. So, I mean, I, I definitely get that diversification. You have these higher-risk players. It's definitely, you know, want to make sure that you don't own a lot of them, um, like I said, with anybody that you're talking about here. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and I don't know. I, I actually am not sure I totally agree with that statement. It is like under – like I had – I. I'll use um, like Stefan Diggs is a good example of a player that I had everywhere before he was really, really valuable. That That's a player that like if you believe in the player and think they are very talented, like there is – Hitting on Stefan Diggs in every single one of my leagues feels good, man. I'm not diversifying. I think he's very good. I want him on every single team because it makes every single team better. But I, but I do – I understand what you're saying. I just felt like there are situations where I think it is correct to take a gamble on players, especially if you can um, and you truly believe in their talent, that that's something that you can have somebody on every single roster. Because I think that's maybe a mistake people make where they're a little gun shy. If something doesn't work out and it hurts every team that – 
I don't know. It's it's something my and, and it kind of goes back to my philosophy of ownership in dynasties. Like all of, a lot of my rosters look very similar, and most of them compete. So I don't necessarily think they're they're bad things. Yeah, and and definitely. I mean, if you're able to to kind of get somebody cheap and get them in a lot of places, I mean the you know the the cheaper guys that are going later, that or at least when you're able to acquire them, like I said with with Diggs before he blew up, definitely feel comfortable acquiring those types of guys when they're cheap and like i said i mean i don't i don't see Diggs really as a high risk guy now either oh not anymore no not anymore at all but i mean yeah. there was definitely a period i like when he was coming into the league that uh and and especially when he was just starting to blow up that everybody's like oh i don't know like dump him he's worth a first get your first back now no that's where i mean it's just like these guys that are that are actually that have a lot of value the girly still has plenty of Fournette. Uh, the, those guys that are early picks and have a lot of risk, I don't want to own a lot of them everywhere. Yeah. Uh, if they're cheap guys, I mean, sure, I'm completely fine with a lot of risk and buying them up in every league I can uh, if they're cheap. It's just those guys that have that, that high startup value, uh, you know, even if we're years from a startup. But if they're getting up into that range, um, and but they've they've got the kind of risk where, like I said, Fournette could just do something, you know, just stupid off the field, and you know, not even with any of the injury stuff that he's had, and not playing anymore, or at least not playing, you know, for the Jags where he's got that opportunity, and he ends up having to go somewhere else that he's not going to have that opportunity. Yeah, and if he goes somewhere else, Fournette's Fournette's value, I think, yeah. takes a significant hit. And and I don't I don't think the organization likes him. I think right. that when you if you even read the slightest bit past the the speak that's coming out of people's mouths is I don't believe that he is well liked in that locker room and well liked by the staff over there. And so with that, it makes me very nervous for his current valuation. So. So let's do maybe maybe we'll do one more maybe I'll, you do one more pick I'll do one more and then we'll just kind of brush through very quickly a, a, a lot of the players and not do any of them justice um, but at least we'll talk about a number more players than uh, than we were able to talk in in full depth about so uh, go ahead and make another pick here I'll go ahead and throw in guys you know, oh that's gonna be my pick all right uh, good uh, sniped you snipes. <laughs> I definitely uh, – I've bought him in a couple uh, leagues recently. His value is definitely going up there. Um, I wasn't buying him for cheap, um, but I, I do think it still could end up being pretty cheap as soon as he actually shows on the field. There's still a lot of people that are concerned with the injury. We haven't actually seen him play. Well, the, the injury was just an ACL, right? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the, if, you're, if you're concerned about the injury – I think you're doing this wrong. Um, yeah. ACLs have proven not to be an issue in running backs, but I I agree with you. I, but I think I think everybody's well. It's one of the wildest things, I guess, it would be what I'd say is. And I'm not sure. I, I'm trying to think of a similar scenario where this has happened. But his value largely held from prior to the injury to now. It's like it's very strange. People really like Darius guys, uh, and it, it's. It's a little bit spooky to see happen because we still haven't seen him do anything yet. Like he's gonna happen. The skins didn't really address the running back position in in the draft here, but it is. It's it's so odd. This this feels to me like an unfair. When I see something like this, I think it is. I think it's like an unfair love of the particular player. Um, and I don't mean in like the good way. I mean like in the way of like people are just 
just love Darius guys so much that they're just they refuse to let go and his valuation stays high. I'm not worried about really his injury, but there's not a buy low here. This is not he is not cheap right now. His ADP, I think, is what is it? It's 48. So he's still in the fourth round. He's not cheap. He hasn't played a down in the NFL. Uh, he is as an immensely talented back. But is there, I mean, how many scenarios is it that you think he just beats out AB for all the work this year? Like, I don't think that's going to happen. No, they definitely, I mean, they signed him for two more, too. And honestly, I, I can't guarantee that Peterson doesn't actually play. He's like that type of guy that no matter what, he's going to keep producing. I think it is going to be something where he's not, doesn't have, he's not getting 25 carries a game. Uh, well, so I guess what are, what are you doing with guys? Um, just because, I mean, I agree, he's hard to value. I'm actually going to go do a little bit of digging. But what, what, are you, what do you think, as far as guys goes, valuation-wise, like do you think his value is fair? Are you buying him at the current valuation that he's sitting at? See, uh, I have bought him uh, not at that fourth-round valuation, even the end of the fourth. Um, you know, I, I had uh, just a month ago an auction league, and maybe I can pull it up pretty quickly, but uh, I got him for pretty cheap. I want to say maybe – I want to say it was maybe 8% of budget or something. Wow. I mean, and there are going to be pockets I think you run into where people – because he is a very polarizing player. Like there are people who are concerned about the injury. Um, and as somebody who doesn't own guys anywhere, my concern was much more about the player than it was the injury. If you're worried, if you were like all in on guys last, last off season, and now because of the ACL, you're all off guys. It doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. So um, if that's really your motivator, you need to have an honest conversation with yourself. Um, I did actually go back and look at June of 2018, which would have been pre-injury, which would have been like, as the hype train was going, he's, he was at 32 then. So he's fallen 10 picks. He's fallen one round after not playing an entire season in the NFL. It's kind of wild, actually. It's almost like Corey Davis is a good way to put it. It's like, it's like a guy who who I think Twitter – I was joking. I was like, you can't even whisper that Corey Davis might be a bust, which I'm not saying it necessarily is, but like that is such an outrageous thought that like you can't even say it. Like He hasn't performed in several years. I just think like people have such an unfair love for him on Twitter too that I think Geis is somewhat similar. So it's it's interesting. I think his value is not cheap. I'm I'm probably selling him at his valuation right now. I think his ceiling is probably in the second round somewhere. Um, but I I really just fail to see a route for him to get there. Yeah, I mean I can agree on at that fourth. You know I think at best that's fair right now. Uh, like I said, but I, I think there are owners of him that have been selling or. Or like I said, if you're in a startup, there's people that are still concerned about him. And so he does fall sometimes. I did look it up. It was 7% of budget that I got him for, $28 of a $400 budget. Yeah, what's interesting is he's actually fell in ADP between May and June. He fell 10 picks. So he was in May, in last month's ADP, he was almost identical to where he was a year ago, (laughs) which is completely bananas. Absolutely, completely bananas. So... I don't know. I, I, I fail to see it, but th- this is going to be one of these players that I just I just I just miss on. Um, it's going to be Alvin Kamara all over again for me, where I have absolutely no interest in owning him, and then suddenly I should have an immense amount of interest in owning him. All right, I will go ahead and make a last pick here. There's a lot of good names here. Let's see. I think I will. I think I'd like to talk about Damian Williams, and I think I'd like to just. He, he's a player that I think is is a le- of legitimate interest just because he's got a clear role right now, 
and we're not mm -hmm. sure we're not sure what like it seems like people are valuing him in, in the first round there's there seems to be a lot of from a valuation standpoint there is there's a broad brush of like different values that, that exist out there for him. So him having kind of the, the seat to the throne right now as the running back and pass catcher in that offense, it's something that I think he's got valued this year. Um, but his current valuation, I still think is nuts. And let me, let me actually look and see what that valuation is before I go two bananas on this. But I believe <laughs> if he's worth a first, yeah. So he's going 42nd overall. This is a player that was, re I think he's, I think he's a pure system guy. And I think this particular system plays really, really well to him. But he was not a very good player prior to ending up in this situation that he was in. I think he was third on this on this depth chart. I forget who behind, but not overly – Kareem Hunt being the one. But where? Uh, who is the other one? Where? Yeah. Spencer Ware. Ware or West. And everybody gets injured, so it's Williams now. Is like these guys were beating him out. And these guys have proven to not be overly successful. I guess they haven't really proven to not be successful anywhere else. But this guy was sitting at the end of the dynasty roster. So at 42, I will be selling. I will be passing. Now, the one thing I'll say is uh, as a contender, I think he's a player that maybe has some value, especially in a PPR league, has a lot of value. Um, so maybe hold, maybe holding him. But the thing is, I think his value, he, I guess – my my opinion is get out before he turns back into a pumpkin before because I just don't I think I don't think it is the player doing this. I think he is an OK player. He's an NFL player, but I do not think he is. He's better than Vic Ballard. How's that? Is that, uh, <laughs> that is that a, is that a ringing endorsement? No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just like trying to think of other third string guys that got opportunities and then turned them into quasi productive things. So that's where Vic, Vic Ballard's name comes from there. Obviously not the same dynamic play. Uh, speaking of true plotters, Vic Ballard. But I guess what are your thoughts on that and, and on Damian Williams just in general? Uh, I agree. I mean, he rose very quickly uh, all offseason. He's been in that, like, you know, probably close to 50 ADP uh, and, and only going up, uh, especially with them not really addressing it in this draft, uh, addressing the running back position. Definitely seems like he has that clear-cut role. Uh, but I'm I, like you, I think this year he definitely could. But I would be very concerned. I mean, the running backs that are going to be available in next year's draft, uh, there's almost no way. Uh, I mean, unless Damian just absolutely shows out this year. And, I mean, even if he does, I can't see them not drafting a running back, at least for insurance for him, because the rest of the, the rest of the team, I mean, the rest of the running back, you know, depth chart is not great. Yeah, I'm not even sure. I'm like, I don't even know what the depth chart is off the top of my head. I'm pulling it up as we speak here. I'm like, who else is even behind this man these days? Yeah, so oh, I guess Carlos, Carlos Hyde's there and could push him too. That's actually a real name. But other than that, there's not really anyone. So, And then he, looking I mean, back, he played for the Dolphins for four years and did nothing. Nothing. Did yeah. Nothing. So it's it's one of these things where it's like, think of all the players. The, one, the only one that comes to mind of a player that – did nothing for four years and then came out just guns blazing is like Michael Turner comes to mind. It's like, what was he? He was, a, he played for the chargers and then he went and played for Atlanta and then was suddenly, suddenly good that maybe that's going to happen. But if that's the name, I, I, that, that name is how old eight, 10 years old now. So it's like, if that's the name I'm pulling out that I can think of a guy who just after four years, finally got productive. 42 is bananas. Like get, get out, sell, 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 sell. <laughs> But again, he will be productive this year, and and I don't know. Probably the sell window, if he's forty two right now, is now. Um, I don't think he's going to get much higher than that, just because I don't think everybody's. I don't think people are dummies. So I mean, if you can get a 
I don't know, middle first pick is what 42 has got to be at this point. Um, if you can get yeah. that for him, then, uh, then run, run and get it. Uh, no, and I definitely, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I, I forgot about Hyde too, since he was, it was a Jag so recently. Like whoa, said, bad fan alert. What? <laughs> it was though. I mean, he was a Jag on uh, that roster without, I mean, with so many offensive linemen. He came in later in the season too, after so many of those offensive linemen went down. I mean, he has showed out before and then went to a bad team and then went to a bad team. And I mean, I think you put him behind Kansas City. That That's honestly, I'm, yeah, like I said, very embarrassed I forgot. And I think it's going to be a timeshare because they are they are similar players. I mean, Carlos mm-hmm. Hyde can catch the football. Um, and Carlos Hyde has a lot of wiggle to him. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, at, 40, at 42, I'm just it's, – it's way too high. It's probably two round, two to three rounds too high, um, and that's assuming like, okay, I need a player who's going to give me points this season. And I don't even know that that's a certainty. I think that that's a risk. And like I said, I have Damian Williams on a ton of rosters. It hurts me to say this, but I, I just don't. I don't see the upside in, in selling him. So value wise, he's the type of player that is just way overvalued. And, and recency, recent recent reminders of his points last season, where he was just a lock for thirty points every game and won people a number of championships, including myself, that's great, but it's not, it doesn't mean he's going to be good for the next five years. It doesn't mean that he's, he should be getting drafted above players like, I don't know, Calvin Ridley or Miles Sanders of another, another running back that like has immense opportunity, immense upside and is a rookie. So anyways, yeah, looking at that number, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. Okay. Let's then, and let, do you have anybody else that you absolutely want to talk about? Or maybe we just kind of quick round robin because we're, we're getting close to an hour now. Maybe we just quick round robin on a couple of these guys and just give our overall takes on like how we would value these players. Uh, we can do a round robin. Uh, there's not anybody on the list that I just have to talk about. So, Well, let's, let's just roll down. Um, one of the fir- I got a question, um, and this one seems pretty straightforward to me, and that was uh, a, a person asking about – uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, what happens after Breeze leaves? They're nervous. Uh, I think that that's – I think both have proven talented enough to where they are, they're they going to be able to overcome situation. And this is like worrying about situation well ahead of the situation even happening. Um, but I went on a pretty decent tirade recently where I talked about like situation really not being that much of a contributor if there's talent. And I think both of these players have a ton of talent. So I think their values right now are fair, and I don't worry about Breeze leaving impacting that. I think you're getting way too far ahead of yourselves. Justin, thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, obviously, Breeze is not going to be long for the league. I mean, he might have two more years left in him. But but those two, I mean, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, come on. They're so talented. I mean, even if Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that's there. Like, yeah they're going to be able to produce. Yeah. NFL player, NFL, NFL quarterbacks can hit open receivers. (laughs) Right. That's how it goes. You won't be in the league if you can't. And I promise you that Michael Thomas will be open. Uh, All right. Let's go ahead and kick over. We got a question about Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. We touched a little bit on Diggs. This is a situation where I think both are appropriately valued. Maybe Diggs a little bit too low. Uh, Diggs is at 22. Thielen is at 28. That feels right to me. I don't even know really what the question is. These don't seem that difficult to value. They're both very productive pieces. Justin, any insight there? I, I can see a little bit. Uh, how does Kirk really get two receivers that are going to hold that much value? But Case Keenum did it. it. Case Keenum did it. <laughs> Come yeah. on. 
and they've done, I mean, like I said, they, they've both shown out still, even with him. I'm not Chris, Chris Ponder could, Christian Ponder could probably be the quarterback. <laughs> They'd still be doing fine. Again, yeah. this is where like Josh Gordon had like a uh, Brian Hoyer and like, <laughs> like a gar- a picture of a garbage can throwing him a football and he had a wide receiver one season. These are like yeah. talented football players that will find a way no matter exactly. who, who the qu- quarterback or situation is. I think both are appropriately valued. Like I said, digs over, Digs over Thielen for me. Digs a little bit further over Thielen than what ADP seems to be indicating, at least in my personal opinion. But I also love Digs more than my child. <laughs> okay, not true, but it's close. <laughs> I was uh, gonna say I can't get on board with that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's then. Um, Allen Robinson was another question we got. His Bears career and a player who is going in the speaking of guys who went in the first round of startups back in the day. What is your take on on Allen Robinson? I loved him as a Jag. I've not loved him on the Bears. Uh, you know, it was really something that uh, Bortles was constantly leaning on him, and he was that guy that, that he could. Um, but I think the, the Bears have you know, more talent around him where he's not going to get quite as much of the target share continually. You know, we've seen him not get that already. So I still I still like him, but I I, I – I've always I've ended up selling him everywhere. Obviously, as a Jags fan, I, I had several shares of him. I've over the uh, last couple of years, um, or the last year and a half or so, gotten rid of him basically everywhere. And uh, I, I think he just still holds a lot of that value that he used to have back when he was producing with the Jags. And I don't I don't think he's ever going to get back there. So well, but I mean that's, I'm low that's, on him. that's a tall ask though. I, I don't know. I think Allen Robinson just gets poo-pooed on. And and I don't know. Like As far as like the talent that's on – the phrase, hey, this team's trending up. So mm-hmm. if he's if he's the wide receiver one, which he clearly is here, like the other – the people competing with him, it's Anthony Miller's probably the number two. And then you have like Taylor Gabriel, who's like a career-long three. And then you have Cordell Patterson, who's a career-long four. So Allen Robinson to me has – this is probably his floor to me. As a, as a wide receiver one – in a on a good team, good productive offense, I think this is his floor. And he flashed he flashed a bit last season, and I think that we could see a coming out party next season. So it wouldn't shock me if he climbed. I think he's got enough room that if he starts to flash, he could climb two full rounds, uh, maybe even three full rounds, and end up in the twenties, thirties. Because he's still young; he's still twenty five. So he's still a guy that I, in, in my eyes, I'm not ready to cut the court on. But I think people are being upset because of where they probably bought him at. I personally have not been able to part with him and I'm just going to wait him out as another guy that I really do believe in the talent. I just think he was put, he was put in a rough situation these last, last year. Yeah. He, I mean, it is, it's hard to think of him as still 25 to right. well, he was, he was so producing for so long. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, obviously that's a, that's a good sign for him. So, I mean, really, I mean, I guess, I mean, his ADP is like 59 right now. So at the end of the fifth round, I mean, I guess I can get on board with that. I don't know that I can see him, you know, like I said, unless, I mean, I, I think Mitch needs to take a big step up. Uh, yes. But again, if Mitch doesn't take a big step in. up, they're going to put somebody else in there. I mean, I don't know. Andy Dalton can make AJ Green work, you know, like there's, there's middling quarterbacks again, can make very, can make great receivers. Great. So Absolutely. I don't know, and, and I don't know. Maybe Allen Robinson isn't that good. Would I rather have Corey Davis or Allen Robinson? I don't know. Maybe Allen Robinson. That's again. I'm <laughs> going to come out as a Corey Davis hater. I think I don't own him, so maybe that's what I'm going to do. 
Corey Davis is probably another question as far as it's not on my list here, but another player that's probably worth discussing. I, I think it's difficult to value because again, he continues to be propped up on none of his own merits, just on the love that Twitter has for him where he has pretty much held steady for the last two years while really doing the same thing. Came into the league at a 30 ADP in April. He had 39 ADP. I mean, he, and it's like just a flat graph here over the last two years. So there's a lot of love for him, but, I don't know. This is a player that I, I I don't have anywhere, and I don't really want him anywhere at this valuation. I I do have sincere worries, and I love AJ Brown. So, yeah, that's probably I'll probably get roasted for that. But so be it. so be it. When he's a bust, cut, don't come knocking. Uh, I'll say. I mean, like I said, I was a Jacks fan back in the '90s uh, when we had that great season that we only lost to the Titans. We just lost to them three times. And I still have a man. All this jazz knowledge, you were just dropping it on the podcast today. I have a lot of hurt over that, and I still basically hate any Titan uh, more than the Colts, more than Texans, any Titan. And so I, I've never no. I did own Corey Davis once. Somebody offered me just (laughs) uh, threw out Corey Davis to everybody in the league, and I was the first one that happened to accept. It was in Superflex, but it was Corey Davis for Blake Bortles, Uh, and it was uh, last year. And I was like, okay, I mean, honestly, I'm buying a Tennessee t- player and I'm getting rid of a Jacksonville player. I feel so dirty, but how can I not do this? Like, his value is just way, way higher. Yeah. But I got rid of him as soon as I could. It's a good time to remind the listeners not to let your personal team opinions play into your uh, dynasty decisions. <laughs> uh, Justin, just uh, using you as a case case in point here. But yeah, that's insane. Uh, yeah, I, I had a, I did a, uh, I do a live draft every year with a bunch of Denver guys. Um, and I bring the initial draft board, which I think we're in our fifth year now, fourth year now. And the initial draft board, somebody took Blake Bortles in the first round over Aaron Rodgers and over like basically over every quarterback you would think would go. In, and it's a super flex. <laughs> Bortles in the first round. It was like we just we're just roasting the crap out of the dude at the at, at these live drafts, but also very fun. I can't express enough how fun doing a live draft is. All right, I think. We are out of time. I think we are at an hour, right around there. So hopefully you guys enjoy the conversation. Again, apologies ahead of time. If we were not able to get to your question, that's our bad, but we only have so much time. Maybe Nathan and Dan will keep the train going and critique our, our decisions next month <laughs> or, or next next month when they're back, next week when they're back. I don't know. Maybe you guys will love it so much that the editor's podcast will just take over. We'll, be, we'll let them in once every month. I don't know. <laughs> Justin, it was fun. It was fun doing it with you. It was fun uh, having having some editors banter with you. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you having me on and getting the opportunity with both Nathan and Dan being out. Yeah, first ever podcast. How did it feel? Uh, it felt good. Felt uh, felt pretty relaxed. You, uh, you're you're a great host. I can tell you've been doing it a while. Well, yep, I'm out of practice a little bit, but I appreciate the compliment. I will take it. Uh, you got to go shower off all that excellence, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, but anyways, uh, make sure you follow Justin, uh, JPFF, and right. I am, of course, Dynasty Trades. You'll notice that I don't tweet quite as much, although I'm getting back into it now. So it's there's a little bit of a, a, a down lull there, but uh, you know you, you can't keep me away from the sect of Twitter. I was one of the founding fathers. So if you can't do it, you can't, you can't take me away, baby. I love it too much. I love Dynasty, especially with all the startups right now going. It's so fun. So um, Justin, anything else before we get off the show here? You want to take one last Nathan shot or one last Dan shot? And congrats to Nathan on losing all that weight. Go boy.
Right. Oh boy. All right. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Enjoy Nathan and Dan. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. Peace. Kadoosh. Oh, you're gonna do Kadoosh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Kadoosh at the end. All right, I forgot about Kadoosh. Kadoosh. Pieces of pieces of no, I almost cursed. I almost cursed. I'm not doing it. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.